day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. As we look at this particular passage in the Bible, what we find and what we're introduced to are these disciples that are gripped by fear. Here they are, they're gathered in a room. Um, the New International Version of the Bible says that the doors were locked and they are inside this room because they feared the leaders of the Jewish people. Now, I, I have read this many a time and every time I've read it, I've kind of just skipped over the fact that they were afraid. I, I know the Bible says they were fearful, but when I began to think about how afraid they must have been, it made me understand more clearly the situation that they were in. You see, they were, they were a band of brothers, if you will. They had been walking along with Jesus who had been, in his own right, a disruptor of the day. Jesus had entered the scene and began to disrupt all of the teachings that all of the folks of that day, the church people, if I might call them that, the Pharisees, the, the scribes, uh, uh, these people who were charged with, or at least took the responsibility of trying to make sure that everyone lived according to the law. Well, when we look at these people and what Jesus was doing, what we find is that they felt threatened by Jesus' teaching, his preaching, and even the ministry of healing and delivering people all over the place. And here we are, these disciples have just witnessed the leaders of the Jewish folks crucifying Jesus. They had just witnessed Jesus hanging on a cross and being pulled down dead and placed into a tomb. Well, I don't know about you, but if I was one of the disciples and I had been walking the streets with Jesus and had, had seen some of the things that he was capable of doing, all because he was doing the will of his father, he he caused the blind to see, the, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear. He spoke to the wind and wave, and they even obeyed him and had to, to, to come to peace. Uh, uh, he fed thousands of people, and I can only imagine if I was one of his disciples and looking at him hanging on the cross, I may not have been singing the chorus as those who were teasing Christ and telling him, if you're really the son of God, come down. But in my mind, I would be thinking, come on, Jesus. I know you can come down from there. Come on, show them. Show them who you really are. 
I've seen your power. I know what it is. So I know that all of this is not in the Bible, but if it were me, I would be someone looking at Christ, just hoping that he would just shut the whole crowd up and come down. But he didn't do it. He, he stayed there. He, he died there. And at the hands of all of these people who didn't believe that he was truly the son of God. And so now me and my brothers are here. We're in a locked room because we're afraid to gather out in public for they didn't like the ideas and the ministry of our leaders. So therefore we have to be quiet and we've got to figure out what we're going to do. We're afraid. We're fearful. We don't know what's coming next. And so there they are in this room and Jesus shows up. Jesus just shows up in the midst of the room and the first thing he says is peace be unto you. In other words, it was a common greeting. He basically said shalom. Came in and said shalom and then Jesus showed his disciples exactly who he was by showing them the scars in his hands and showed them his side and then they were overjoyed that Jesus was in their presence. They were happy about Jesus being there. Now, what that means then necessarily is that all in the matter of an instant, they went from being, being paralyzed by fear to being overjoyed that Christ was in their midst. For Jesus decided not to beat death by avoiding it. That, that's how we like to think that we cheat death or beat death. We try to avoid death. That's how we try to beat it. But Jesus beat death by going through death. So as we entertain the fact, or excuse me, as we celebrate the fact that Jesus rose up out of the grave, I want us to take just a few minutes on this day to examine exactly what we are supposed to do with that information, especially as Christians. I know many of us celebrate the fact that Jesus rose again, and many of us will say that he will forgive our sins. But as I look at my own life, I realize that there are many days, or there have been many days, where I have neglected to live as if I understood what the resurrection was all about. Jesus then begins by saying to them, peace be to you. He says it to them again. Uh, he lets them know that there should be peace in the midst of this storm that they have. So what do, we, what do we take from what Jesus is telling his disciples? He tells them, peace be unto you. And then what he says is, as my Father has sent me, I also send you. He's telling them, I've defeated death so that you can go like I have come. You can be sent like I've already been sent. I've shown you what is possible. I've shown you how my father works through me when I'm obedient to him. And so now I want to send you out the way I've been sent. I caused a lot of trouble down here, but now I'm sending you out into the same place. In other words, fear not the Jewish leaders. Fear not 
the people that want to stop you. Fear not jail. Fear not the mouths of lions. Fear not fire that they may throw at you. Don't fear any of those things. You should fear only the Father. And so when I send you, you should go. This is how Jesus wants to be remembered. He doesn't want to be remembered for all the miracles. He doesn't want to be remembered just for telling great parables. He wants to be remembered by how we live for him. And so that's what he's telling his disciples. I am sending you just like I got sent by my father. So what does that mean now? Well, what we find now, the next thing that happens in this brief text of the scripture is we find that Jesus now breathes on them. And then after Jesus breathes on them, he tells them, receive the spirit, receive the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and not to be confused with the, the, the day of Pentecost receiving of the Holy Spirit, but Jesus is telling them to receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, you are ready now. Here, I need you to be sent, but you, you're not going to be sent by yourself. You're going to be sent with the power the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then the next part of the passage then becomes a problem for so many because we read it and we think that what Jesus is doing is giving the disciples the ability to absolve sins down here. But when we read what he says in conjunction with what has already happened, that there is peace in the midst of the storm, that, that they are to be sent just like Jesus was sent, and they are to receive the Holy Spirit. When we take the spirit of what's going on here, what we have is not a bunch of people who can run around and just decide who's going to be forgiven and who's not going to be forgiven. That is not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying that when you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you are able to tap into heaven. And you're able to communicate the way the Father wants you to communicate. Let me give you quickly an example of what I'm talking about. If you would, just think with me for just a second. Over in Acts chapter 5, when it opens up, you have Ananias and Sapphira. They're at home. They've sold some land, and they have conspired between the two of them to keep some of the money back and give just a portion of the money to the church. They bring the money to the, the assembly. Peter is there, and when Ananias sets down the money, Peter asks him a clarifying question. Is this the price that you paid, that you received for the land. And Ananias stood boldly and said, yes, this is what we sold it for. And then Peter, inspired by, he indwelled by, he led by the Holy Spirit said, ah, why have you conspired to lie? What do, what are you doing, Ananias? You think you came and hit a lot of men, but what you've done is you've lied to God. There's some people standing at the door waiting to come get you right now, and that joker fell over dead, right in the assembly. And then Sapphira came in. She had not heard. I don't know how she didn't hear about it, but she had not heard. She came and told the same lie, and she too fell dead in the assembly. And this is what Christ is talking about, is that when we can live within the power of the Holy Spirit, when we are tied in with God, then God gives us the ability to speak boldly His word. And that 
My dear brothers and sisters, is what Christ is talking about here. He's telling us that if we have the Holy Spirit, we are able to speak boldly. Remember, he walked into a situation where the men were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They were in fear. They were unable to understand that they had power from on high. And what Jesus was doing was instilling in them that they had, they had power. They had the power that rose him from the dead raised him up from the dead. That is the power that they had access to. And this, my dear brothers and sisters, is where they were supposed to find comfort in Christ. That they should boldly go out and speak the word of God. Don't be fearful, but to speak boldly for Christ. So, in conclusion, what I want you to understand is to know that when we are living in Christ when we have Christ and we understand that he is our driving force that he that we surrender to him when we live that way it means that we attempt to carry on the ministry that he showed us here what did Christ do well Christ when he saw someone who needed perhaps healing. People may have looked at the person and said, oh, they need to be healed from their infirmity. Their infirmity. Christ may look at the person and say, well, actually, they just need to be forgiven. And so he would tell them that they were forgiven. Christ was one who would give water to the thirsty. He would feed the hungry. He would, he would provide health to those who were sick. He was somebody who visited those who Perhaps we're left out. This is the work that Christ did. And this is what we're called to do. Out of honor of the fact that Christ didn't just avoid death. He beat death by going through death. You can go through with whatever Christ has called you to. Because he has all power. He has power over the thing that perhaps scares most of us more than anything else. So, if we have access to that power, we have access to living like Christ has asked us to live. God bless you. God keep you. Well, saints of God, thank you for joining us on this journey that we are walking with the Lord. I am so excited that you landed on this page and I want to encourage you to support our ministry. The ministry is supported by your generosity and your donations and gifts, tithes and offerings. So, if you want to donate to this ministry, if you want to give to this ministry, you need to go to www.gbbcwaco.org forward slash giving. That web address is below in the description. And so, if you'll go there, you can actually give online. You can give through a credit card or ACH, which means you can put in your banking information, or there's an address there where you can send your check or money order, or cashier's check, however you want to send. We love you all, and may the love of the Lord invade your life so that you take that love and spread it among others.